In this episode of This Week in Photo, we talk about artificial intelligence as it applies to video. Is it making it better or worse? This is Twit. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, we have an interesting conversation that we're gonna to try to cram into about an hour, and that's all about artificial intelligence and just some of the tools that are in AI today that are letting us do some fantastic things. But according to a good friend of mine who also happens to be a guest on the show today with Alistair and I, Jeff Greenberg, uh, these tools might be making things a little bit worse or lowering the quality, as it were, of content on the internet, thus impacting the brands that are using these technologies. So Alistair is here again. He's my co-host on hello, This hello, Week in hello. Photo. What's, what's up? What's up, Alistair? This is the real Alistair, not a bot, not an AI-generated <laughs> Alistair. It is actually me. And we know why, because these AIs cannot handle the Scottish accent yet, right? That's the, we were that's the main reason. Yeah. You're safe. We were discussing <laughs> that offline. At the moment, artificial intelligence can neither understand nor generate the Scottish accent. So I'm safe for a while. I want to test that, Alistair. I want to, I want to test that. I think we, uh, oh, we you will. know, that's a bold, that's a bold statement that I want to throw. You have tested it already. Like, what, what did you test it with? Like, what, what uh, software? Do you Scottish, remember? Scottish people test it in everyday life, trying to make all those <laughs> platforms work. When, when you, when you ask things to turn on and turn off, and they don't do it because they want to show you where the nearest Italian restaurant is instead of turning the lights off. You know, it's you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, well, that's why we'll I use my. It. That's why I use my best international accent when I'm live streaming. It's not my. Can we hear it? My can, we, can, we, can we hear the Alistair international accent? You're on the stage now. <laughs> you can. You just buy me several drinks, and you will hear it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to test that. I'm going to test that. Lots of testing to do, but yeah. So you, like I said in that little intro there, this this discussion is you know, about video as it as or AI as it applies to video. We've been having conversations kind of ad nauseum about the controversy around still photographs, but, you know, kind of not in the in the periphery for us because we're not, you know, at least I'm not a professional video content creator. I haven't really been looking at what AI is doing over there until this past weekend, which is why we're doing this show. <laughs> I started playing around with a bunch of toys and literally my jaw was in the ground. Um, so, but like I mentioned before, our, the, our guest, Jeff Greenberg, is here and uh, he has sort of the contrarian, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jeff Greenberg, but you kind of have the contrarian opinion about this. Before we do that, before Jeff, before I bring you on, I'm going to put you on screen uncomfortably by yourself like this. And you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to play a introduction to Jeff Greenberg as if I was bringing him on stage at a conference, but this introduction was created entirely in AI. Well, not entirely. Jeff, I took your bio, I went to your page at uh, jgreenbergconsulting.com and I copied that text, I put it in chat GPT and I said, please make this legible <laughs> or understandable. <laughs> well, no, no, seriously, I said, make it shorter you know, so that I could read it aloud. And it, and this is what it came up with. And by the way, I trained this tool, we're gonna to talk about this tool, but I trained this tool using 11labs.io, which is a, a voice synthesis AI cloning SaaS. So here it goes. Jeff Greenberg has over 20 years of expertise in post-production, serving as a master instructor for leading companies like Adobe, Apple, Avid, and Blackmagic Designs. His specialties include editorial workflow, <laughs> sound color grading and more. And all that, yeah, yeah. 11, 11 Labs is amazing stuff. And for those of you who've never heard of 11 Labs, I'd look also at PlayHT. Jeff Greenberg has over 20 years of Oop, expertise. Sorry about that. In See, the robot just won't shut up. I don't know. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Sorry for me interrupting me or you. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's part of uh, what makes you so much fun to be around. The These tools 
these tools, I think, are and, and look, your, your question on whether or not they're going to make things better or worse. The answer is yes, they're going to make a lot of things better and a lot of things worse. It's never going to be. Uh, and that's the TLDR for me is these tools make certain things great. They're going to make certain things mired worse. And I'm hoping uh, you and I can have a wonderful discussion like we always do about these things. And Alistair, yeah, jump and in as you need to. <laughs> yeah, well, no, Alistair, Jeff and I were... a short episode. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's it. Thank you for joining this episode of This Week in Photo. No, the, uh, Jeff and I were having this conversation, a short conversation back and forth on chat yesterday. And I should just, I should read it to you what, well, uh, what I, I wrote to, to Jeff. Read, rather than reading, reading that, um, I want to really get to two items that I think are really... Yeah. Because... I think these tools are absolutely going to, when handled well, going to make content creation around video phenomenally easier and take a lot of the pain points out. I think that there is a very, a very, very close shadow to it that's very disturbing. And it's Mm. the spam shadow. Email is fantastic. How many if I look at the two of you and we both, I don't have to ask you this question. If I go, look, your spam is legendary because it's this simple for them to throw spam at you. And now it's going to be in the next year, this simple for them to throw all sorts of spams with your name, thankfully with something that doesn't look human, but eventually will. Yet. Alistair, please, please give us your thoughts because, you know, you're, you're at the perfect position on screen right in the middle of, you know, me positive and Jeff on the other <laughs> side negative, you know, Star Trek, Star That's Trek nice. versus Mad That's Max. Nice. <laughs> cool. Gosh, oh, okay, uh, I can live with that either way. Yeah. Good, good, good episodes. The, um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. And, you know, like Jeff says, you know, there's going to be a lot of great use cases for it. I'm pretty worried about the the negative use cases for it we've seen some publicity today about you know famous people coming out having to publicly state that they're not the face and voice of you know deep fake commercials that are going around just now so tom hanks yeah Yeah. tom hanks yeah and um you know that that stuff's already with us and it's only it's only going it's already fooling people it's only going to get better and better but when it comes to video production as you know create a lot of video content for Smug Mug and Flickr. So, you know, um, the film team, we're always looking for things that can make life easier, make things quicker, get content to the audience faster, you know, get it get it to market faster. So, you know, as well as, you know, not enjoying some of the way AI is going, we'll also adopt some of the use cases for it in-house. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And some of one of those use cases is was what I was experimenting over the weekend. So after I so I went down this path, right? I'm like, okay, let, let me see if I can clone my voice and how hard it is to clone my voice. And Jeff, we were talking off screen this a bit ago about my first my first sort of touch point with artificial intelligence voice synthesis was with Descript.com, a text-based video editor, where I was blown away because they basically, when I trained that thing and did that test, it was, you know, I had to read a couple of chapters of Alice in Wonderland, you know, and record it into the app using the mic that I use normally in the same conditions and all that. And what it came back with was shocking because I'd never had my voice cloned before. And, you know, they say the more you read, the, you know, so you can read War and Peace and put it in there and you get a really accurate model. So when I discovered Eleven Labs, it was saying, yeah, we do this instant voice thing and you just give it one to two minutes of audio and it could crank your voice out. So I was thinking, you know, sure. So I gave it to it. I was thinking I'm going to get this robot that kind of sounded like me in the periphery. It was better than what Descript generated. Jeff, why? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> why? So why is, is this do, just advances in tech? A couple like things. why? Yeah. A couple, couple things. Eleven Labs right now, they're certainly on the cutting edge. We mm-hmm. do have to sit back and point out that the version of Descript's voice synthesis, their Lyrebird cloning tool, you probably used it about 18 months ago. So that's mm-hmm. 18 months of innovation. And I just want to be fair because I really like Descript's tools in general. Me I too. like their, yeah. their audio model. I find that what they're both doing, what they're all doing, is they're first trying to get 
good synthesis. And then they're going to come back and do a second pass where they try and get the training time more efficient and tighter because nobody wants to, we all remember Dragon Naturally Speaking where you had to like mm-hmm. read, you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes worth of stuff. And nowadays it's moments. Nowadays your phone in many cases, unless of course, Alistair, you've got to say the number 11 Scottish. <laughs> it's never going to be, right? <laughs> but there's the recognition side and then there is the synthesis side. These tools are using optimized paths through their models and the paths get tighter as they get more data and they get it cleaner. Uh, Mm -hmm. The scary concept is if I'm a VO artist, if I'm somebody who makes my living with my voice, how hard is it for somebody to clone it with or without my permission? Do you guys know, by the way, Tom Hanks' brother is is like the voice of Woody and all the toys. It's his brother who does it and his brother's the one who's going to be put out of the job, not him. Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this 11 labs thing opens up a lot of possibilities. Alistair, I know, uh, you know, the whole voice inaccuracy on certain accents thing, notwithstanding being able for me, being able to do things like uh, instead of sitting in front of a teleprompter and rehearsing and reading an introduction to a piece or whatever over and over again, just to be able to type it out, make it perfect in the copy, and then have virtual me read it and have it be indistinguishable from if I sat in front of the mic and read it, that just opens up a ton of possibilities of content creation. I know people are using services like 11 labs to narrate audiobooks and do all kinds of things like that. It's just for someone who works in audio, you know, and video, but works, you know, in audio a lot, it seems like, you know, one of those tools that are Arthur C. Clarke level, uh, an inch away from, from magic, right? It's just technology to this nth degree level. But one of the things I wanted to talk about on the show was, well, a couple of things. Jeff, I wanted to, really happy that you could join because I wanted to have that dialogue around when these kinds of tools, whether it be Eleven Labs with their voice synthesis or Pictory, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, these tools that assemble and do a lot of the work for you from a consumer standpoint look incredibly compelling when you overlay a pro workflow or some of the capabilities that you could now have as a pro when you use these tools. Kind of like Jeff, a couple of years ago, I was looking at these tools like Ecamm Now. Ecamm Live is a tool that we're using to stream this. Uh, back before I started using Ecamm, I was, my mindset was, you know, I got to get out of this, this multicam time suck of recording all of my ISOs and then having to sit there real time and cut them back together. What if I could just do what the streamers do all day and just live switch my recording? So of course that led me to OBS Studio, which is not optimized for the Mac at the time, or it wasn't. Um, And I had limited, limited success with that, but then on to Ecamm. But the point was, you know, let me do more how can I do more with less? Now you enter these tools and it's, it's, I'm having deja vu again. Like, okay, how can I do more with less or do a better quality with less initial effort, which allows me to do more better quality stuff. So you got that consumer side, but then the scary part, why Jeff, I want to have you chime in on is when you start seeing AI as a, like in premiere, for example, applying to sourcing, b-roll or creating your uh your storyboard and then filling it in and you know writing your script doing all these things where is the line that video professional cutters draw when it comes to this stuff or is there a line yet is there that church and state like in still photography raw versus jpeg micro four thirds versus full frame is it in video is it ai versus the real cutters that still use a razor blade, <laughs> you know, like what's the, where, where do you fall on it? What's the final word there? I'm very much of this idea that it's a continuum. No yeah. one human being wakes up and goes, no, no, I'm just going to wipe away my process. Oh, this part of my process sucks. <laughs> Is there anything I can do to optimize this part of my process? And I'll give you two great examples, Frederick. One is what we're doing here. We're doing an interview. I may sit back for corporate or personal or professional level with funding, shoot a documentary. 
There's no interview you do that's less than 15 to 30 minutes. And more realistically, people like to be interviewed for an hour. When they're interviewed for less than an hour, they they feel their time, you know, especially if they're a topic expert, isn't really respected. Yeah. Could I take that transcript and start mining that transcript faster than my human brain processes, whether I'm the editor, whether I'm a producer, whether I'm a story producer, I'm trying to, to concatenate that into the real distilling of the best moments. If I have all the time, when you talk to the people who've got the Oscars, they all say the same thing. They watch every lick of film. When you talk to corporate level people, hey, I got three days to get this out the door because my job will fire me if I don't, more or sure. less. So yeah. I think that story level mining, phenomenal use of these tools. Another great use that may or may not be as visible I want to shorten a piece of music. Me, my old school, I got to listen, find the beat patterns. I'm able to use Adobe's remix and just shrink the audio and it's shorter. It's figured it out. I think that makes me a better storyteller. I think the moment where I'm throwing into a generative engine of, pardon me on this, Frederick, you know, I, I don't think this is evil. I'm against spam. I think you are too. I think it's going to be yeah. way easy for a group to say, we're just going to do the giant mail merge with the 500,000 people and send them all a link. And they're all going to watch our video and we'll get a, a 0.01 response rather than a 0.001 response. And that'll justify everything. Yeah, I don't know, Alistair. I mean, what do you, what do you think? I mean, there's 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 two there's a couple of paths here, right? There, and Jeff and I always clash on this, you know, the consumer versus the pro. And from a consumer standpoint, part of this journey that I was on was, you know, the, a, a tangent that showed up was, could you automate this? Since all this is in the cloud and you can connect this into that, and could you automate and say, have a CSV file or a spreadsheet that had video title, copy, and, you know, link or call to action, whatever, in there and then somehow massage it all together and have a bunch of videos pop out of the other end, you know, short form videos. I'm talking, I'm not talking, mm. you know, Lord of the Rings. I'm talking yeah. these TikTok vertical shorts. What if you could create those on mass on a variety of topics? Like, you know, we're both smug mug people, right? So what if you could create 50 videos, 50 short videos on Hey, did you know Smug Mug could do this, you know, and just kind of talk through it and then drip those out through a social scheduler at whatever predetermined cadence. That's that's kind of like yeah, what I'm I'm solving for. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're already looking at that and it I think it comes down to the the use case, right? When we're looking at content quickly to market for social stories, reels, that type of stuff. Nobody's, you know, um, submitting these to film festivals or, you know, the Oscars or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's just about getting that message out in a, in a way that's going to be engaging. And I think that's where, you know, you know, the quality maybe isn't necessarily as much the front leader as speed to market. And so we're already looking at those tools with things we do. Um, when we're looking at creating, you know, a compelling smug mug film that we want to motivate and inspire people in the photography space, then, you know, we're more keen on it being uh, incredible quality and epic footage. So um, there's different use cases, but Jeff mentioned about these things creeping in and that's what you've, you do. You find in any walk of business, I'm a great proponent of outsourcing the parts you don't like. And, you know, when you create film there's there's lots of parts we don't like we like we like cr making it and we like um you know we like creating a story and storyboard do we all necessarily like editing it or color grading it some people do that's their specialism but you know we, we can outsource a lot of that stuff and that's where it will just gradually creep in when you start using one or two tools in your in your workflow and then suddenly you realize you've got a few more and a few more but um mm -hmm. there's definitely there's definitely use cases for all um i love jeff mentioned music music's a huge time suck just whenever we create any piece of content just trying to find a piece of music that's going to fit 
to the story that you want to tell that fits with the timing, with the rhythm, with the feel that you want. It's a huge time suck. Going through hours and hours of, you know, online stock stuff or, or generating your own. Now there are already AI tools where you can just give it a, a prompt of the type of type of music, type of feel you want, and it will generate it. Um, and, you know, editing music down to, to fit, um, you know, a... a 10-minute piece that you have and then suddenly you need a 30-second version of it for a social piece, you know, be able, be able to edit that music now is so simple using some of the AI tools that are out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I was thinking about that because I know Premiere talked about adding that in. I think, I don't know if it's in there yet, Jeff, the the ability for the for Premiere to suggest audio, you know, or, or the, You're the gonna, soundtrack. I don't know if it's in there. I don't, I don't believe it's in there. I think what they're going to do first, of course, is they're going to suggest to people to pick up stuff from Adobe Sound stock the way they were doing photography and video content. Yeah. And are they, oh, they've got to be behind the scenes somewhere while I'm under NDA for Adobe. I've never seen anything where they're doing music-based, but we're on the cusp, I'd say, the next three to six months of seeing an explosion of music services that mm. go, hey, uh, I need 60 seconds. I want it to be in these sort of themes. This is something sort of close. And look, mm -hmm. it's going to generate it. There's there's an interesting sort of little wrinkle there about copyright. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. There's I'm, a lot of wrinkles there. there yeah. There's the copyright but, um, wrinkle and there's also the monetization wrinkle because, you know, like in the case of Adobe, of course, they're going to serve up their own stuff from Adobe stock, which they should. And Adobe stock is incredibly robust anyway. So, yeah, sure. Use that. I don't know source. if you know. I, I, yeah. I think you know this Firefly um, and their, their generative stuff inside of Photoshop. In theory, they're trying to come up with a way to ethically source. They go, we trained it on this content. These were the items that were maybe the key delimiters, and we're going to make sure those artists get paid. I love yeah. that as a training choice. We don't know what Eleven Labs is using. We don't know what um, particularly OpenAI, who's got open in their names, but it's got closed sourced media. This is yeah. a very much a technical slash legal debate which isn't necessarily why I'm here today, but <laughs> I, I think they're important to, to keep in mind because as a content creator, I don't want, I want to be able to monetize my work and I don't want them to take it down because I used AI tools. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say is like with the, with that, um, I wonder about the monetization. This may be reading too far into it, but from the, from the standpoint of if, like for example, Epidemic Sound. I have a I have a subscription on Epidemic Sound, and you know probably more sound effects and tracks than I'll ever consider using. Wouldn't it be great to have an AI on top of that, where I could say, yeah, I need a track that is kind of like this, kind of housey, maybe a little bit of I'm a piano in there, and it maybe is it's kind of like this, you know, and give it an example of something else, and have it then generate. Okay, these are a bunch of suggestions, music instead of just genre beats per minute mood what if i could have a real conversation with the database and say this is kind of what i'm looking for and have it respond with what i need but then the question the monetization question is what is to stop those companies like Ep epidemic sound not to pick on them or anything but companies like that from surfacing what they want you to see based on some other deal Right. So when, I, you know, so kind of like Google with with search results, right? Pay, pay to play. You can pay to be higher in the search results. How come I can't in the future conceive of paying to be what the AI recommends first in terms of these data sources? I don't know, and that may be fine, but I just want to make sure that we're we're considering that possibility. Is it real, Jeff? You're smiling like you you have. I'm the, smiling the, because the I answer think this to slope this. Is, I don't have the answer to this. This slope is just awful. It's there's classically speaking around technology. We get it mostly. We get some of it right, but we get a lot of it wrong. And legislation sometimes fixes it, and sometimes takes decades to catch up. And we 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 know way some of this works. We've saw the steam engine, we saw industrialization. And this one seems to hit wider because it involves some of the creative fields. Yeah. Um, I, you, you mentioned the tool Pixory, and I took a quick Pictory. look. They, by the way, they, by the way, they are not um, generating uh, AI assets of video. They're using a search database against your speech. 
to find right. solutions. So whether it's generated or not, and it's probably not generated because they probably own or bought into somebody's library. Um, one of the things about really nuanced work, really nuanced work, and uh, sometime if you want me to really pick apart somebody's edit, I'll, I'll show you this. It's not where a clip begins and starts, but it's also what's happening in the middle. And our tools, when I'm in a rush, it's less important. But when I'm really nailing it, Frederick, when I say something like, and the bell rang at the hour, on oh, my word rang right after, you'll hear actually the bell, you'll see it ring for yeah, an importance of vision. Right. That's what craft-based storytelling is, and it elevates it to that higher step. Yeah. Yeah. Is when we think about the photographers, and I'm blessed enough to sometimes show up at This Week in Photo, it's a phenomenal group around photography. It's a great way for people, whether they're established or aspiring, to learn and get better at their art. Um, I'm blown away, but they have the same concerns. Yeah, I could just type in what I sort of want into my engine, into the new Dolly part of Bing, but will the lighting be right? Will it have the right organic? Will the glimmer in that person's eye? And maybe the photographer's got to come back and synth synthesize it. It's it's the same gray, delicate area. It's it's what we talked about. I think was it at NAB that time, Jeff, where we where I brought you on stage and we kind of had the live discussion argument about pro versus consumer. And that this is a perfect example of that. And I wanted to I wanted to show Pictory here because this this is this is Pictory. Um, you can sign up for a free account, whatever, right? Uh, and th all this is on the free account. I have not paid for this service. So this this path to kind of this conversation, this was at the beginning of the path, Pictory, where I was playing with it. And basically the promise was throw a script into this thing. It will break it apart and then go find B-roll for each of the parts and put it together with overlaid text and a music bed. And you can then go and it'll give you a raw, basically a rough cut. And then you can go into each one of these clips that it found and use their uh, visual library here to then change whatever clips you want, you know, so you can search there. I don't know how many assets are in here, but you can search and find visuals and then change your audio and do all the things, right? The graphics on there, whatever. And this obviously is maybe not so obvious, but to me, it was obviously designed for shorts, like YouTube shorts or TikTok or something like that. But it blew me away. I'm gonna see if I, I wanna see if I can preview this, what it did. So all I did to get to this point was I went to ChatGPT and I said, write us, write me, a, I forget how long I said, a minute long, whatever script that discusses the challenges that photographers are facing with artificial intelligence and the worry that it's going to replace them or whatever, right? And it wrote a script. I copy edited the script a little bit just to make sure that it, it sounded right to be read and dropped that into Pictory and it came up with this. I've made a couple of changes, like swapped out some of these visuals in here, but essentially it came up with this. We'll see if we can, we can play it. In the dynamic landscape of modern technology, there's a growing concern among photographers about the role of AI in their craft. It's undeniable that artificial intelligence has made strides in image processing, enhancement, and even composition. But it's crucial to recognize that photography is not just about pixels and algorithms. It's about capturing the soul of a moment. Machines might replicate patterns and predict aesthetics, but they lack the human touch. The ability to feel the weight of a moment, the emotion in someone's eyes, or the story that unfolds in a split second. Your unique perspective, creativity, and passion set you apart. They are the essence of every frame you capture, making each photograph a piece of art that no machine can truly replicate. As we move forward, instead of fearing AI, use it as a tool to enhance your work. Let it handle the mundane tasks so you can focus on what you love most, telling stories through your lens. Oh, one more thing. This entire video was scripted, narrated, and edited by artificial intelligence. Right? I mean, come on. Right? And that was... I literally put that together right before our mix. I can tell you exactly when. It was five 
p.m. last Friday. We do our mixers at 6 p.m., the TWIP member mixer, which is basically a Zoom call for the TWIP members. So we do that every Friday at 6 p.m. 5 p.m., I was playing around with this tool, and I went through what I told you. I generated the script in ChatGPT, put it in Pictory, signed up for Pictory, actually, then put the script in there and ran it, and I played that video during our mixer. I was done with it before it was time to start the mixer. So in my brain, I'm like, Okay, that was easy. I've seen these before on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. So, okay, obviously this is how they do them using this or other tools like it. Um, and then I went down this path of automation. So if all of this is text-based and it's sitting in a cloud somewhere, how come I can't put the peanut butter in the chocolate and automate this thing from a spreadsheet and spit out a bunch of videos like this on a variety of different topics? So I did some YouTube searching. You can do that clearly using Canva, plugging it into this thing and doing a bunch of not that much behind the scenes, tying things together. You can have it generate a bunch of videos for you that you can then use in your company to promote features and all that stuff. Now, granted, Jeff, this is not this is not nuanced editing like you're talking about where I'm going in and I need to make sure that this cut happens when she breathes or blinks or I need the music to rise here and then go and I need a sound effect there. It's not that level of artisanship. It is brute force cuts right. and B-roll, right. So, right? So first, there's like four or five other platforms that do this already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that are available. And and I'm watching them because I, I've done, in the last two weeks, I've done four different AI talks, three, four different AI talks, one for UNESCO, one for the UN, uh, two for an AI event, one about generated video. And when I would look for generated video, I came across these platforms and I, I've got this really, really deep question. Can you bring everybody up on screen for this? Because I need a, a yes, no for from from the two of you. Yeah. When you encounter this in TikTok or YouTube shorts, do you guys actually watch it or do you skip it? I will. It. It's not engaging. Good question. Normally I skip it, but there's been a couple that I watched all the way through because I not because it's compelling sure. video, but the audio was like, oh, yeah, make a little sense on okay. that. It's like like motivational stuff, you know. Right. So I'm going to spin at you the same reason you don't answer your phone anymore, unless it's a number, you know, is what's going mm -hmm. to happen to the, the the garbage pile that we're going to get hit with as collective society, whether it's through email or shorts, you're gonna get, if you think right now the YouTube ads are bad, wait till you get three of these sort of things that are semi-catered to your interests, so you're not sure if you should skip it. It's coming. So the yeah. creator in me goes, there's such joy in so many tools out there. And the person who hates spam hates is on the other side of the fence going, man, I'm throwing up in my mouth already because Frederick, <laughs> they're doing not a great job with their sourcing of video. I watched a couple of those and I'm going, oh, you know why it looks, why it's working? Because they're using Getty images and Getty yeah. images is tagged to the nth degree. Most of these photo and video libraries are not, it takes a human being. How far? Oh, wait, there's, by the way, 12 Labs, who's got a technology <laughs> that's beginning to do semantic recognition of emotion in videos. So you can go, give me all the warm feelings about something. And it's a real game changer. Do I think there'll be tons of garbage? Yeah. I also think for people who've got large libraries of their own proprietary content, if these engines can work on them, I can suddenly say, hey, I have member mixers for the last five years. Go back and find me all the par parts where people were laughing and had a really good feeling about somebody's celebration. That's a part that me as an, a video editor or content creator, man, I don't have to search through all that stuff for. Yeah. yeah. Alistair, what, what, you saw that, right? What, what do you think? What's your knee-jerk reaction? Yeah, knee-jerk, it's just not engaging to me. As soon as I hear that voice and see those clips, I, I'm yeah. right now, at this time, I know it's generated and it's targeted right. probably through some some algorithm that's you know knows things i like etc so i know it's very much mm -hmm. targeted like spam and anything else i also think yeah. we're going to go through that garbage pile where we're going to initially see a lot of repetition of footage 
because the stuff that's tagged really well or is really popular by the algorithm everybody's going to be using it in their feed and you're going to have you know similar clips and similar audio for a while until it starts generating unique content um i want to take it to a point where um the tools are great right you know we, we can see the the pathway in the, in the future where we will cherry pick the best of these to help us do some of the things we want it to do we already see at a consumer level i see it with my kids they're on their phones and they're they've downloaded some app that you know helps change the way their face looks or create some fun content about something to record one of the huge concerns i have is the the model libraries you know these databases is who has them what are they doing with it and who's controlling it because the more we use it, the more people experiment, the more people use it on a database, the more we're training and educating these databases. And there's one thing we know with human nature, if there's an algorithm, someone is going to exploit it. It's that simple. Of course. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And that's that's kind of what Jeff and I were talking about yesterday, because Jeff's a pessimist and I'm an optimist, right? So Jeff- <laughs> Whoa, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In private, when we have our dialogues and debates, Jeff plays the pessimist, I play I, the optimist. <laughs> I play devil's advocate to keep Frederick What's the difference? As a Semantics. good storyteller, I can play, no, it's not. If you're advocating for the devil, isn't, isn't that, uh, you know, inherently? <laughs> Hey, yeah, I know. I was just like, okay. this. No, no, no. Watch this. Is come on, the devil himself? Maybe he just had a bad PR agent. No, okay. Well, that's a whole different podcast right there. But no, but my point was like looking at Pictory, sure. Yeah, to your point, Alistair, the you know, the the B-roll could get rep, rep, you know, a repetitive. That voice that I picked for that, I picked it on purpose because I'd heard it before on TikTok or whatever. So I'm like, oh yeah, there's that voice. Let me put that in here. And it was for it was to demonstrate this because I knew I was going to play it in that mixer. So I wanted to kind of hammer that point home that this was an artificially generated voice that everybody has access to. However, as we learned earlier in this episode, I could have used my own voice for that. I could have also for different segments of that. I could have gone out and taken photos or shot video with my phone for the B-roll that I was gonna use in a certain situation just to make it much more personal. Now you have a video that I'm narrating. It'll have branding at the beginning and the end, this week in photo, shots of B-roll of me or me in scenes or different purpose bespoke content being dropped into those segments and then it generates the cuts and the text that gets overlaid and i can even control that now you have a personal piece it's very it's very personal because it's got me speaking especially if the voice print is correct and you you know relatively indistinguishable from the real frederick now i can generate me doing this content all day long Right. So, Jeff, that's that's my point right there. Like if I sure you're you know, your point in when we were chatting back and forth was, yeah, you could go to this mountain of content that Twip's already created and harvest that and pull this from it and do, you know, the little clips of different people saying whatever. Yeah, 100 percent. But if I wanted to using that example I, I was speaking of earlier, if I wanted to create a teaser series for Smug Mug, Flickr or Twip, and, you know, just have a series of maybe 10 short videos that cover a particular topic. Like, I don't know, uh, setting up a group in Flickr. Or did you know that the most popular, this is number one in the most popular cameras on Flickr. This is number two, you know, and just have a list like that. I'm pulling stuff out of the air, but isn't that compelling to do that? I, I don't see where it's not compelling to be able to generate that stuff on mass while also creating your real bespoke content, but doing this as kind of like, okay, they're, they must have a whole team of people over there putting out this content. I don't, I don't see how that could get repetitive. Maybe it could because of the formatting, but I, I don't know. It seems, it I'm, seems I'm like- I'm kind of in between. I'm kind of in between because I look at BuzzFeed. One, one of the mm -hmm. criticisms of all time, of all time, of all storytelling, we're always telling the same stories. And you know, there's the Joseph Campbell monomyth. There's only one real story or three real stories or 10 real stories, doesn't matter. Yeah. I could give you an argument, you know, that we don't want any more Marvel films. Doesn't matter. The thing that I think is a real interesting juxtaposition here is 
I think it was BuzzFeed that just fired a bunch of their reporters to replace them with AI. And we're going to see over the next three to six months, and I'm not sure if it was BuzzFeed, I think it was, we're going to see over the, over time how their content fares. And if their content fares worse, are they going to go, wow, we made a mistake and bring back the humans? Or are they going to look at a different model? I think that what will happen is, yep, I'll go and I'll hit the smug mug top cameras of 2023 October and 2023 November and there'll be a certain point where I'll go hey can you just show me the list just just yeah. give me the list I, I, right. right where well I, that could be a call to action right you could have that in the video hey if you want to see the full list go to smugmug.com you know, it's all there it's doing you know? its job right but then yeah. then it's doing its job right as a communication medium yeah what um, I, I think these tools, like, they're magical. They're still magical to me. Yeah. It's been 40-plus years of tools, and they're still magical. I keep coming to their hard edges and going, we're just going to live with that hard edge. There is no yeah. more local news because they can't afford to keep local journalists employed. Yeah, You know, well, AI, I, I don't have easy answers for that. As yeah. far as video editing, it's complex. I think the tools get easier. I think they get magical. I think they come with consequence. The consequence of your daughter, my daughter, Alistair, taking photos when she has no social media accounts right now is that she's going to be using the slum filter until she no longer is the girl she sees in the mirror. She's the girl she sees on the phone. Yeah, yeah that's a whole different yeah. story. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole different story. But I, I think, yeah, go ahead, Alistair. The thing, the thing you spoke about there, though, is you you described the the, the fantastic use case for yourself, but you're coming at mm -hmm. it as a creative, someone who has the tools, who's done the time, knows how to tell a story, knows how to create it. It's how do we create those great pieces of work and make it uh, visible through the junk? Like this, I think Jeff, if you're right, the, the concern you have is just the volume of trash that's about to come generated mm -hmm. by non-creative people trying to manipulate spammers and and make you know manipulate the algorithms and the, the data sets and the models in a way that the we're, we're not trying to do that as creatives we're trying to make we still tell our story but do it in a more productive way for ourselves but the ultimate use case of these tools is you know something that we should we should be concerned about but but so if you look at it I'll look at it from an optimistic hang on, hang on Jeff look at look at it from an optimistic standpoint y you know yes the tsunami is coming I would I, I'm not arguing that it, or arguably already here if you look online or wherever but the way to avoid being drowned by a tsunami is not to run in the opposite direction of the tsunami or yell at the tsunami or complain about the tsunami or legislate to kind of push the tsunami back it's to get higher. Right, you find higher ground. Hold on, watch. Same with, but, same no, with this content. You, you Create better content to write. You're leaving like in the, millions in the, of people behind you. So, well, so yeah, let me. They can go find higher ground too. <laughs> There's going to be a societal level problem that I'm yeah. not qualified to solve. But let me paint you this picture instead. Yeah. And this is a real positive bend. I'm actually talking about this, Frederick, on Thursday, which is why I was I wanted to bounce my first draft off of you, human to human. Um, I think AI's real shining, shining space is as the best collaborator we've never had, the best writing partner, filming partner. Imagine, and I'll, I'll first do it with yeah. photography because the bulk of your listeners are photographers. But what if before I went and go and I scouted a location, I started to mock up in my head what that picture could be. I'm going to look at what the environment is before I ever go there. So I kind of know what I want to kind of start thinking about. And now I'll go over to a generative tool and start generating it. So when I get there, I can go, does this work? Doesn't, does it not work? I see us as creators, if we will, and pardon for the meta use. I hate that Facebook has co-opted the term, but I think of us as meta producers where we're going to go mm -hmm. and start taking these tools and becoming producers. Maybe I'm not great with photography, 
but I'm gonna use AI to improve my photography, to improve my storytelling for video. Maybe I'm not great with sound, but I can go ahead and grab good enough sound and let AI do the polish pass that I can't afford as an individual creator. I mm -hmm. think that these tools can elevate us, but they work best with the organic, squishy brain becoming the arbiter of what works and doesn't. And when I heard you say you used Pictory, what I would really have loved, Frederick, is if you'd gone through that script and gone, we need a little bit more Frederick Van Johnson in that script. And we need to, here is some of my written things. Could you give it a little bit more me? And mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. that I've got it back from them, you know, I, I got these shots. I'm going to intentionally screw up a couple of timings so it's not so perfect. Yeah. And I'm going I to did. use my voice. I did look right. for that. I looked, I looked for that. I looked for, and maybe some of the other tools, Jeff, maybe you could school us, um, but I looked for the, the button inside of Pictory to export my file or my, what's it called? What's that? What's the file called that, that has all the cuts in it? Yeah, the X, well, you know, it's something else, but EDL. whatever. EDL. EDL yeah. is 1980s. So yeah. yeah, to export that and all the source footage into a folder so I could then bring it into my Final Cut Pro in LE or Premiere or DaVinci or whatever, and then finish it. So if, if Pictory could give me that head start and then I could go in and, you know, finesse it. But then I was thinking that's not what it's for. So that's pushing it. Maybe they'll do a Pictory Pro that does that or some paid add-on that will do that. But I think these tools, to your point, Jeff, I think one of the benefits of these tools are is to reduce the necessity for people that just want a certain result to get there without needing to become an expert in video editing or audio production or signing up for an epidemic sound account or signing up for Getty Images to pull all this stuff. If you really, really just like, for example, you just, you just really want to be a TikTok makeup influencer. You don't want to be a video editor. You don't want to be, a, you know, all of these things. You just want to talk about makeup to people and get your message to them in the best way possible. These kind of tools lower the barrier from chat GPT to Pictory to, you know, 100%. even the voice generation. Yeah, it lowers the barrier. So like me as person not interested in becoming an expert like Jeff Greenberg in video editing can still produce something that's not hot garbage. I think that, that's you're me. talking your you're <laughs> talking your creative voice. Yeah. Using tools. Yeah. Versus the tools creating, you know, machines, creating machines, creating machines, uh, yeah. fifth element sort of thing, keeping things moving, but not actually doing anything. We've got phenomenal background removal on my phone. I can make stickers out of my kids. It's really a lot of fun. I'm torturing my wife every chance I can with a kid no, stick, sticking their tongue out. You right, see the cats it's in the my best. phone. I got all kinds of cats in there now. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that I keep looking at with them, though, is the difference between collaborative versus just pure push the button, come out the other side. It's the mm -hmm. fast food versus just this much craft that makes something palatable. And that makeup influencer who wants to get his or her work out there and uses too much of the, I'm just going to press the button, will get lost in the din. We're still going yeah. to need good, competent storytelling emergence beyond just, I'm a pretty face. Yeah. Couldn't, this, couldn't these be the the tip of the spear, though? So I know you're involved with a company called Scenery, right? That does a software as a service, basically Final Cut Pro Premiere. It lives in the cloud and allows you to do. And they lean into the collaborative bit that you were talking about, right? So, 100%. you know, because it's in the cloud, everybody can get in there and tool and leave comments and, you know, do do whatever they need to do. But what if tools like Pictory were the tip of the iceberg? where, okay, I need to create this thing, have it do all the hard work for me, and then give me a project in scenery that I can finish. What if that's the way? Except that scenery has, it's got already right now, frozen here a moment. I'm waiting oh, yeah, to see froze. if I come back. Yeah, yeah I froze. Uh, I'm, yeah. Make sure, I'm back now. Um, I want you to know that scenery's got this they're, they're beginning to lean into the really fun part of it where you can say, hey, give me just a quick summary of that uh, TWIP episode that that we have. 
yeah. and give it, cut it down, cut it down to less than a minute for shorts without a human being. A human being should still check it. I'm actually looking well, at a couple great. tools in this space. And the hardest part for the user is what's the best prompt? What is the best set of instructions to give me really good, really good McDonald's on the other side? Um, mm -hmm. I think scenery is a great example of a tool that's evolving beyond it. Just like I expect, there's already right now two tools for uh, Premiere. If you've not heard of Autopod, Frederick, you can mm -mm. sit back and say, here are my ISOs. Would you please do all of my multicam cuts for my initial pass all by yourself? And Explain what an ISO is for the, for the uninitiated. So sorry, I didn't have my right teaching brain on. I have my right <laughs> teaching brain on. The isolated angle that you're currently looking at versus Alistair's isolated versus Frederick's isolated is something that you wouldn't. And typically in live work, we've got three isolated cameras, got a talented switcher that Frederick's doing right now, sometimes with everything prepared, punching buttons to say, cut to camera one, cut to camera two. We have multicam tools and all of our editorial tools. And what we see with a tool like Autopod is for us to stay salient, for us to stay active as creators, particularly professionally, we should be taking a look at these tools and using them as the best collaborator, but still our artistic sense should push it forward. You and I could take the same, go to the same exact location and your eyes different than mine. I think at the elemental level, using these tools as a reflective to improve our storytelling, whether it's listening to myself with 11 labs, whether it's using Pictory to go, I hate that, I like that. I think those will create the compelling content over time, not yeah. the generative press a button, spit garbage out the other side. Yeah, yeah, Surprise. make me a whole video from a prompt because that's that's where it's heading. You know, I need a I need a video that talks about this, this, and this. Make sure you hit on this topic, and I want this mood and this tempo. Go a video then, you'll never watch or never. And I would, yeah. Next. Well, never say never because we're only in 2023. So, <laughs> so let's wrap this up, uh, guys. This is going to be a great conversation. There's a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about. Maybe we'll have to do a, a follow up to this episode because I wanted I wanted to talk about the NLE or nonlinear video editors like Premiere, Final Cut, DaVinci, et cetera, and where they are so on so this trajectory. Exciting. Yeah, so much happening in the different tools. So we'll, we'll do a follow-up to this, I think. Um, we're, Jeff, you, you may not know this, but we're doing Picks of the Week now on This Week in Photo, Ooh. just like in the old days. So we'll get, we're going to wrap up with that and then some final thoughts at the end. So... The Picks of the Week segment, for the folks who may not be familiar with TWIP of old, is a segment where we, or the people in the show, the hosts and the guests, can share something, either a tool or a piece of gear or software that uh, they are interested in or obsessing over this particular week. Alistair Jolly, I want to I throw it to you first. Uh, what is your, your Pick of the Week? My Pick of the Week is... Uh... It's a new piece of glass, a new lens I saw launched this week by uh, Nikon, and um, it's they launched a one hundred thirty-five mil f one point eight, and they're calling it the Plena or the Plena. I think it's Plena, um, and it's a, a new lens with a new a whole new name and a whole new kind of visual look to it, um, and it looks a really compelling lens. Um, as I mentioned last week, uh, I shoot a lot of different brands of camera, shot Nikon for a long time. And this lens, uh, especially on a crop sensor, if you had a crop sensor camera, that kind of 135mm, it's a great portrait lens, a great people lens. Um, and it's a super fast lens, but apparently the quality from edge to edge is super incredible, super sharp. And yeah, compelling to see what that lens does. It looks like an exciting lens. It's kind of follow up to the launch, the Noct, uh, not that long ago, which mm. was like point point nine five, you know, f f point nine five, super super wide open lens, but I think it cost the same price as my house. Um, so this one, this one is still not cheap, but it's you know two and a half thousand pound for a lens, but it's uh, it's a lot of money, but it looks a very uh, very compelling lens. It looks like a nice piece of glass that I would like to use something. Yeah, you got it on your Christmas list. It's coming. <sighs> 
Yeah, that's a big list, though. <laughs> so where, where, where does it sit? Where does it sit in that list? You know, that's what we have to think. Right. There are other things on that list. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, I know you put I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, do you have a, a gear or something that you want to share? You always I, have something. Every time we talk, I, you, you give me a new tool one. to play with. Well, <laughs> hold on. The reason we the reason we have these gear lists is that there's a certain enjoyment of discovering the new. And that yeah. could be a service. In this case, today's one, I just took out my uh, Sony mirrorless as my primary camera for Zoom and other stuff. I'm going to deconstruct my system here real quickly. I'm just turn off. Uh, there we go. I want to go to that. There you go. And I'm on a green screen. Um, yeah. So what I have here is from Insta360. It's their iLink camera. It's $300 retail and what makes it insane to me and I, I can't really show you you know it's depth of field because it's just you know green behind me but i can do this and it's like a 4k camera hdr mm -hmm. i have it memorize these positions will take me right back because i have it as a preset uh i'm just blown away at the quality for what i need i Frederick, you were actually the first person two weeks ago I called and we did an A-B back and forth of this camera. It is like the AI parts of it, everything's AI, of course. Uh, the AI part of it's nice. It actually was problematic for me because I don't need it to track. I don't need it to follow me around the screen. But the idea that I could quickly do an overhead shot, that I could quickly do a whiteboard, or most importantly, uh, turn off my lights in my office and it still works up cut back to me let's see if uh, it works i'm going to turn off my 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 lighting here ziggy turn off the studio so this is now just ambient light it'll readjust in a second uh there you go uh it's auto exposure nice and so i'm not lit not blown out light wise no green screen feel naked but i'm just blown <laughs> like i gotta travel soon and i think i'm gonna grab this just because it's so it's small pretty, it's gimbal, pretty impressive little tiny gimbal that's yeah crazy. that's crazy and even the way even yeah. the way it did the exposure there it was a super smooth transition from the mm -hmm. as it exposed up to to where you are now pretty cool yeah i, it's my, it. I still need to, i still need to i think i still need the two and a half key uh f 1.8 lens to do it though <laughs> i think i think it's got a 1.8 lens did you frederick can you go back a moment I think it's, if you look uh, right in front of it, see. it said uh, F1.8, oh, I thought. to the device itself? Oh, this one? Yeah, yeah, right there, yeah. look. Yeah, 1.8. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so you still love that. Jeff, I, I mentioned to you, I bought that lens. Where's my cursor? I, okay. I bought that lens. You bought the camera? Oh, sorry, that camera. Yeah, I bought that camera and I tried it and I returned it because it wasn't. And I went back to this, like my ca the camera I'm using now is a Lumix box camera uh, and it's a, you know, micro four thirds sensor. I've got a 12 to 35 mil two eight lens on it. I've been using it forever. Right. And it and it just works. It doesn't do any of the fancy tracking or any of that AI stuff, but it, it, it does the job I need it to do. But I bought that one, Jeff, because, you know, I'm in this never ending quest of simplification of my tech stack in my office. <laughs> and um, so I tried it, but the 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 whiz bang features of the camera didn't fit with what I wanted, like the the panning. I thought I wanted the panning. And I, I didn't it. want the panning because it's annoying I to have it follow me. Sometimes I just want to move in frame and reposition myself and not have the camera follow me. So, and then, you know, it, it just, for me, it, did, it didn't feel like it was power. much beyond any other webcam that I have in the closet. My, my gear friends, uh, I could 100% still use the existing camera, take this, throw it on a tripod and use it on top of my desk, whether it's keyboard centric or to show off gear, it has an intelligent way to do that well and suddenly now you're talking about really being able to demo a lens or a camera or a device that's small to an audience with relative yeah. ease and having it as a second or a tertiary camera makes a choice i would rather almost own two of them yeah yeah thinking about well, it we'll thinking see. about it yeah keep i got it enough going. gear keep it going yeah, I know. Yeah, Jeff. You're what like Fred you, Sanford over there with gear. Uh, my my pick of the week, we already talked about. Well, there's two. So there's the, um, let me just share the screen here. Um, there's this one, not that one. Let's get rid of that and get rid of that. So 
uh, Pictory we just talked about. So there's a free trial. So folks, just try it out just so that you understand the capabilities of what these kinds of companies are building and trying to do. It's, it's really interesting. So play around with it. What I played around with was just this one on the left here is the script to video. So created script in ChatGPT and popped it in there from this dialogue. And then you saw what happened, what it generated from just this. But you can also give it a URL to a blog post. It'll do the same thing. You can give it a, let's see. Oh, so it does kind of a Descript type thing, Jeff, with this edit video using script or using the text where you can go into the script and then edit it and the video will reflect what's in the text and then visuals to video where you can give it a bunch of photos and it'll just lay them out literally and make you a video from it. So really interesting things. I want to play with each one of those just so I understand how this thing works. And there are, Jeff, you can share with me what other alternatives to Pictory are. I'll include those in the blog post as well. I'm no fan of, I'm not, I'm not married to Pictory. It was just the first one that I came across. And the other one is this one, the 11 labs also with a free trial that you can play around with and generate voices. So this is their voice library, which goes literally on and on. It's a never ending scroll of different voices and different voice types that you can go in and apply to your project or to your script. So, for example, Nightly, a dapper and deep narrator, uh, 28,295 people um, are, have added it to their own voice library. And was it 134.2 million characters of audio have been generated from this voice? So you can use these numbers to kind of gauge popularity of the voice and then sample it down here. We have committed the golden rule to memory. Let us now commit it to life. Right. So completely AI generated. Here's another one. Here's Marcus. I'm not interested in age. People who tell me their age are silly. You're as old as you feel. And how about Michael? Deep, resonant, and confident. This is a middle-aged British male. The biggest room in the world is room for improvement. That doesn't sound British to me. That's so, not British. Uh, no. That's not British. <laughs> <laughs> I see with the Victoria. It's supposed to be a classy and mature middle-aged British female. One may say the eternal mystery of the world is its comprehensibility. Right. So... Not bad. I don't see any Scottish in here, Alistair. I was looking. I didn't see I'm sure you don't. Is. I'm sure you don't. I don't see any Scottish Let's actually. fix that. <laughs> we got to fix it. We got to fix it. But play around with it. I mean, the, the, the point is the uh, these tools are just ridiculously amazing. And for in order for you to have a uh, qualified conversation or build a qualified argument on these tools, either for or against, I think you need to play with them first and just sort of you so you can understand where things are going and where they might go. You don't have to be married to them or use them in your workflow. But I think because they're free, the, it, it makes sense to just kind of dive in and play around and then make a decision on if it could improve your workflow or reduce your workflow in some way. So those are my picks. Cool. All right, let's end the show, guys. Uh, Jeff, any announcements, anything coming up that you want to share with the audience? What's Jeff Greenberg got going on? I got um, later this week, I'm doing this creativity talk on using AI as a collaborator. And then in September, I'm doing uh, about six sessions at NAB's show uh, in New York. That's NAB's post-production world. And then I think in November, Frederick, I catch up to you at the uh, Final Cut Creative Summit. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. uh, I'm talking about the pain points for people. That's going to be compression and uh, color correction. I'm going to take every person there, give them footage, and in 45 minutes, I'm going to show them how to match shots by hand oh, the hard cool. way. Very cool. All the things very that are cool. tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to be punished, go to just talk. <laughs> if you want in 45 minutes to feel like you're in control of color rather than you know kind of at its whim to my talk there you go in cupertino there you go frederick perfect do you have is there a link somewhere of your calendar of events no and all that? Not, i need, you need help. to build it i need help yeah i need i need <laughs> I, that's what i need ai for my friend jay yeah. greenberg consulting i should actually send out mailing lists because god knows i pay, pay mailchimp enough yeah and you moonlight just fyi is real quick you moonlight as a uh, moderator, I forget, Redditor, uh, some kind of Reddit type guy our in editors. slash editors, right? Yeah. Our editors, yeah. I'm the lead yeah. mod. 
lead moderator you got, of 100,000 and 350,000 people. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. We need to talk about that again. We talked about it before, but I feel like we need to close the loop on that conversation because things have happened since we last spoke on that. Of course. Uh, all right, Alistair, moving what about you? Yeah, it is. Alistair, what's, what's happening with you for the next coming weeks or so? Working on lots of fun projects, nothing public at the moment. Uh, no travel planned until November. Um, but yeah, lots of cool things coming up after this month. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming on again. It was mm -hmm. good to good to hang out with you. And Indeed, uh, as always, for, always, yeah. Let's make a habit of this. This, this is fun. Let's do it weekly. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Maybe maybe this time. Um, as for me, coming up, actually in about forty five minutes, I'll be moderating a photography panel at the creative. Um, What's it called? The Creative Conference. So I'll be moderating a panel there on photography. We're going to kind of maybe even be touching on this stuff a little bit further. I'll share some of my learnings during that panel discussion. Also coming up in, uh, I think it's later this month, I'll be at NAB doing some talks over there. And otherwise, thisweekinphoto.com is where you can find me. Jeff, I too do not have a calendar of where I'm going to be and what I'm doing. So I think maybe we can work on that together and get that all set. I got to tell you, that's, that's the AI I need is somebody that I can go look at everything in my email, where I'm traveling, what I'm, take the ones, get my approval, push it out to social networks. And then while you're at it, why don't you look through my entire email box, get rid of everything that's not important. Give me the top three ones I need to identify and answer to today. <laughs> Those are the two AIs I want. All right. Well, Jeff Greenberg, Jay Greenberg Consulting, thank you for coming on the show and we'll talk soon. Enjoy. Alistair Jolly, a pleasure co-hosting with you again, once again, sir. Yep. Thanks for coming on and, you. and sharing your your wonderful rolling R's. Can never get tired of that. It's amazing. <laughs> so I'll, I'm gonna, I'll be back next week with more. I'm going to voice print you. I'm going to voice print you. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, and as for me, I'm Frederick Van Johnson. You can always find me at thisweekinphoto.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This is Twitter.